Hello and welcome to Meet the Producer. This is the new podcast series from the Production Guild of Great Britain, in which we get a unique insight into the careers and work of some inspirational producers. I'm Jason Solomons, film critic and presenter on TV and radio and in newspapers, now embarking on a new career as a film producer. So what better way, I thought, to start out than by asking some of the best in the business for advice. How do you start? Where does the money come from? How do you make deals for stars and attached directors? And what does a producer do all day? I'll ask a diverse collection of guests to understand how some of our favourite films and TV shows have come together. And we'll all find out more as I meet the producer. On this show, my guests are the Bromantics, Stefan DeBart and Ward Troman. That's who they are. They're relative newcomers to the world of British independent movie making. But my word, they got off to a flyer with one of their very first productions, Boiling Point. Set over one feverish night in a busy East London restaurant and shot it all in one dizzying take, Boiling Point starred Stephen Graham as a brilliant chef feeling the heat. Now, the film's won a chef's hatful of awards and nominations, including at the Biffers and the BAFTAs, so I needed to find out more about the producers behind it, as they'd started out with such a bang. One they followed up with prison movie A Violent Man, starring Craig Fairbrass and Stephen Adebola, and into another production, the set of which, in deep South London, I made my way down to, to meet the producers. My name is Stefan Dubart. Uh, Ward Troman. Uh, we've known each other for 15 years, probably. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, we did a play together at South London Theatre, uh, Mojo. With we Jess Butterworth. Um, and, uh, and I didn't like the rest of the cast, so he was the only one that sort of... <laughs> <laughs> no, technically, let me, let, me, let, me, let me correct this. First day of rehearsals, I, w- I walked in and, and everyone was around this table and everyone talked to me apart from this guy. And I remember going home and speaking to my girlfriend at the time she said how was it and I said yeah everyone's lovely but there's this one guy just just wouldn't talk to me at all and you you were acting in this were yeah you? we were yeah and yeah. Then, it, then I found out why well yeah I essentially was the best actor there and then this guy came along and really, <laughs> oh, I see. really put my nose out yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we became best friends and then fast forward to 2019 and we started um, we started Bromantics so you're producers at, at Bromantics, but uh, former actors, would you say? Frustrated actors still? Happy that you're not acting still? Very happy. Yeah, <laughs> very, very happy. I loved, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I had an OK career and you know, managed to earn OK money. And, um, but it got to a point where you know, the older I was getting, I was, I was starting to script write and starting to do bits and pieces. And, and a few friends threw me some um, uh, production work, was production assistants mm. and all that kind of stuff. And very quickly, for me, that opened up and I just got more and more work and I realised how much I loved it. I suspect that as former actors, you come at producing in quite a creative way rather than a logistical way or a financial way. Yeah, I mean, I um, I only really did it as a sort of an amateur and a fringe type um, actor. I always wanted to be an actor, but it's always very difficult once you get into the... I worked at 20th Century Fox for 15 years. So, you know, once you get on that sort of ladder of the corporate world it's very hard to just you know I've got three kids you know you've got mortgages to pay to just sort of push it all to one side but I think with the skills that I learned from the creativity of acting that I love and also then um, working in a, a commercial environment like Fox and, and learning that sort of side of things in terms of distribution and at the same time then, then sort of working with Stefan who had a very strong production background um, it was it seemed to the obvious thing to do. Did you realise that you know you, you had complementary skills back from those acting days where you were like, I'm your rivals. You you thought, well, he knows it's about distribution yeah. and a bit of the business. You know the other side of the business, there. Yeah, it was it for you know you've always got to find someone who, you know, it's very difficult to work with your friends. Firstly, but it's it, it's it's <laughs> what you're saying. No, but it's but it's never been it's never been like that for for this because we've always complemented each other on on what we do. We write, we script write, we 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 did a a TV pilot called The New Bromantics back Ooh. in 2011 which was a, a comedy a comedy pilot which went on to win at the New York Television Festival yeah. best scripted comedy which we penned ourselves and from that moment on we started to write then on in so which is what we're doing now and eventually now with our own kind of 
romantic spanner we're, we're starting to get interest and hopefully get those things picked up so, well, so you certainly got a few well. productions under your under your sort of uh, uh, bonnet already mm. uh, tell, tell me what I'm doing in Campbell Magistrates Court am I am I on set uh, yes, yes yeah so we are um, we're uh, third week into a uh, feature uh, called Gassed Up which is uh, Amazon uh, UK distribution so Amazon Studios at distributing in the UK. So it's um it's it's directed I can tell you this. It's directed by uh, George Amponza who is a documentary director. He directed The Hard Stop mm-hmm. which was following the friends and family of Mark Duggan after the London riots. It was BAFTA nominated. Um so this is his first scripted piece. So we got brought this project about 18 months ago. By him? Or? Well, it's by Vertigo. So Vertigo had it. Vertigo had got a writer on board, Archie Maddox. They'd done a few passes. George was attached, and they brought it out to um, fellow producer Bart Raspoli, who did Boiling Point and A Violent Man with us. And then he basically brought us on board to say, look, look this is where we're at with this. Is it something that we could we could sort of work with? So we, uh, we took a few passes at the script. Mm. Uh, we met George. We liked we liked what he was about. We we were excited by the fact that he wasn't um, a narrative director; that he came from this background. And and you know, this is a story about urban London, and the authenticity that George wants to tell this story was something that really excited us. It's starring uh, Stephen Odebola, who was in uh, Blue Story and A Violent Man. Also. Oh yeah, he was the cellmate in. Um, he was. Uh, he was Craig yeah, Faber's yeah, cellmate yeah, in A Violent yeah, Man. Yeah, 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 indeed. And when we were having conversations with uh, Vertigo because Vertigo were with us on Boiling Point and and A Violent Man. That was when Rupert and Ed had a chat with Bart and Hester and myself and and said, look, we've got this other project, which was was called Ped Boys then, um, and uh, now it's called Gas Start, and they said, "Look, you know, do you want to do you want to move forward with this?" So, so when when, that, when someone does say that move forward with this, come on board with this, what do you do? You say, "What?" So we come on board and we can provide this. What's the the deal you strike with someone with something that's already been going on under other yeah. people's hands? Well, yeah. So so it was uh, we had very early conversations about raising finance for it, right. which we then started to go out and do with the with the other guys, and then we had conversations. Well, Rupert and Ed had conversations with Amazon, and Amazon showed interest in this. And this is Rupert and Ed from Vertigo. From Vertigo, yeah. So this is under their production arm, which is Sunrise Films. Yeah. And um, those conversations with Amazon happened, um, I would say, over the space of about six to eight months. Yeah. And then eventually they come on board and, and, and gave us a, a, a UK pre-buy on this as well. So they, they come on board as, as financiers or just as distributors? They put some of the money in for the production budget, yeah. They gave us a, a UK pre-sale, basically. So as a producer, you're kind of like, we've got that tucked away under our belt, that's going to happen. That gives you a bit of a sort of solid base to, to, to which to, to work on. I mean, obviously then we have to figure out what the budget's going to be for the film and how that fits in. It'd be very easy to just make the budget what we got in terms of what Amazon were prepared to yeah. pre-buy but this is you know essentially we're trying to we're trying to make a much bigger film with the budget that that we have and I think we will do that I think with the talent that we've got behind the lens and Stefan Kupek who who um, worked on Slumdog Millionaire. He also did Guns Akimbo, a cinematographer on that. He also did A Violent Man. With that talent and, and the crew around him, I think we're, we're going to create something pretty special. But in terms of the, the money, then obviously we have to, we have to sort of finance the gap, um, which is through tax credits and obviously um, investors as well, whether that's the equity investors or, or sort of covering um, cash flow. And you've been out doing all that, yeah. As a four, as a four piece, yeah. yeah. It's been quite relentless. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of you says, well, "I'll go for this guy," and you yeah, say, "I'll go yeah, for the other guy." Yeah. And you're yeah. This well, we, we, you know, we work well. I've known Bart for uh, again for many, many years, uh, and I worked with him years ago on one of his films he directed, and I was production manager on that. So we've been really good mates and stayed in contact. And then, and then, uh, and then, when he knew about us starting Bromantics back in 2019, he said, "Look, he's." Producing Boiling Point with Hester, I said, "Will you come on board and co-produce?" Nice. I said, "I'd love to, I'd love to." And and we we work well as as that team, you know. You know, we there's there's four of us, and we. I mean, I'm not saying it like I'm saying it, but it, you know, we are doing everything. We're spinning all those plates. So we're doing, you know, we're all doing the the finance side of it, and the insurance, and the contracts, and you know, uh, and the and, and the talent, and the crew, and you know, so you're doing all those negotiations, all those the deal, with the agents yeah, yeah, for the for Stephen, you know, who's who's start, a big star, you know, get to be a big star. Yeah, and, and we sat in all the all of the auditions, all of the chemistry reads. Mm-hmm. I think it's important. Yeah, you know, and that's the that's the excitement. 
you know, the money side is that, you know, you just want to get that done. Mm. Um, but at the same time, we we all come from a creative background. We've all sort of acted. So we, that, that audition side of things is great. That's the stuff get, you love. Yeah. And, and, and essentially, with the we've got the crew. We've got the right crew behind it. If we can get the right talent in front of the camera, then, you know, and that's not just their ability. That's their values, their, their, their work rate. And, you, you know, that took a bit of time to yeah. get that. And to get that, you know, essentially, we've got... You know, it's 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 a gang of five lads. You know, it's like putting together a boy band in a way that they all they all look <laughs> yeah. right and they all work together and they all have that camaraderie that's going to work. Yeah. You know, because these are these aren't these aren't nice kids, but mm. you want the audience to understand and believe why they're in that position. It's like a, it's and like actually, a modern kind of Shakespearean tale of the of of the street. Well, that it? works for Stephen. Blue Story yeah, was, was yeah. exactly that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Story in, uh, yeah. Down there, um, down and the it's and it's um, you know it's it's just something that you know all these all these all these kind of these right actors we feel were were not not just right for those roles but right for the chemistry between those other characters and we and we feel like you know you're saying about a band it, it is like we put a band yeah. together yeah uh, what's can I ask um, what the budget is Do you, give me, everyone always says in the end what the budget is yeah it's just over two mil the budget mm-hmm. yeah. Because yeah. people want to know, you know, when I was starting as a producer, you had people saying, well, you've got this nice film, nice script, and what's the budget on it? You go, well, I don't really know. Is yeah. it five million? Is it six million? What does a two million pound movie look like? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and to a lot of people probably outside the industry, you know, they'll go two million pounds, you know, wow, you know, you can do a lot for that. And, and yes, you can, but it, like you know this, it, you know, with the amount of elements that we have in, you know, it goes very, very quickly. You know, every department, you know, has a line item and every crew member and every cast and every you know, deal, it's, it goes very, very quickly. So you have to be, you have to be very meticulous with it. I was speaking to a friend who works in advertising, has always been in advertising yeah. and production. Yeah. She had a million and a half budget for a three-day shoot yeah. for a car yeah. commercial. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I've worked in commercials, so we did, a, you know, I remember doing a Swarovski campaign, which was, I think it was six million pounds, you know, and that was, I think that was a two or three-day shoot. So when I'm, you know, when we're here doing a 30-day shoot and you've got, you know, you've got like a quarter of that, you're going, okay, right, yeah. what do we do now? Yeah. And, and the stress has come from that. Like like I said before, we're, we're, I mean, we're essentially trying to make a £10 million movie on two and a bit. Mm. And we're shooting a probably a 40-day movie in 30 days yeah. Yeah. because of the budget. So with that, there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of strain. We put the crew under pressure, but... It's it's it, we all come together because we've all got those common goals. You, you know, just had the weekend off. You just told me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're very lucky. Yeah. They didn't. Yeah. We did. Right. No, no, I'm someone's joking. working on their um, script. I think I slept yesterday for ten yeah, hours, right. which is yeah. which is the thing. First time I've done that in about twenty years. Yeah, which lovely. Is amazing. <laughs> but but it, you know, and that's and, and as producers, all four of us, we you know, we muck in. We're, we're you know we're. <laughs> We, we, this this building before we came in, it was worse than it is now. And you know, we've worked hard to get it clean. You know, mm. we're, Hester's vacuuming, I'm cleaning because we're trying to do plumbing, everything. Fix the fix plumbing, plumbing. <laughs> Stefan, fix the plumbing. You know, so we and and I think that shows. And if 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 everybody sees us doing that, yes, then they realise that you know there's no you know there's no hierarchy, there's no levels. We're all mm. we're all we're all pulling in the same direction. What, what are the sort of? I mean, here we are in Campbellwell. Mm. And, you know, and it's a disused magistrate's court. You know, we're from the outside. We're just behind the library, and you, it's graffitied. It's yeah. like you know the taxi driver pulling up. You went, oh, I don't think it's here, mate. I don't calm down. There. <laughs> it is actually. You got your spray can, have you? <laughs> so, and there you were, Stefan, sitting on the waiting, <laughs> waiting for you, waiting for you. But um, you know, it, it, you find the location like this in central, well, almost central London. Yeah, we, so we've got a wonderful locations manager on this, Ben, who um, who has done an incredible job. Um, uh, with with the with the budget and the time frame that he has, um, and and we saw a few places, but th- this was the one that not only uh, not only could we have this as unit based, then you know on the seventh floor we've got a couple of locations and we've got a wonderful production design team who have who have recreated these wonderful um, uh, high rise flats. Uh, upstairs and addressed it uh, just magnificently when we came in we thought okay we, this could be one of the uh, flats here and they've done such an incredible job which you know it's um, it's testament to them and their talents really. so this is unit base and part set and, and part set yeah yeah, yeah yeah and then on the third floor we've got another part of the set which is where the guys go to take the stuff that they've taken to their their leader and it's sort of a warehouse so we're using that we also use the underground car park 
third part of the set because we were like, well, we've got to use as much as we can here. Yeah, what well, it sounds is perfect. It's fantastic, yeah. and, it, and it's apt. It's so right. Yeah, yeah. For the it's script, not. Yeah, we're it? not forcing. You know, yeah, we wouldn't force it. But another room, another another floor, another room, and you go. Wow. Okay, I think this could work weirdly. Mm. Um, and are you at, as you say, unit base? You, you all start here in the morning, and then some of you go out and shoot on the streets or shoot, shoot locations. Yeah. Uh, and and for the last couple of weeks, as you know, as Walter, we're we're three weeks in now of a six week shoot, and the last couple of weeks have been night shoots. So our mornings have been about four p.m. when we arrive. You know, we're wrapping at uh, at two or three a.m. Well, much appreciated you getting no, up slightly once, early. Once well, I'm early. I'm normally here at eleven, but everyone else gets. <laughs> yeah, he, he's been doing the cleaning. <laughs> you know. do you, do you, well, yeah, I cleaned this actually. <laughs> I did clean that Thank desk. You very much. That you're now. I'm now polishing with my. Hands. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone could just see it now with Jason just strewn across his table. Romantic, bromance, romantic. Yeah. Um, let's talk about boiling point. Because it's been such a great <clears throat> success. Um, well, look, I, I loved it. I thought it was terrific. It did, you know, it did great uh, at the Biffers. It got awards. Yeah. Real momentum behind it. A film yeah. that was sort of about momentum in a way. It was yeah. one, a, a, a one-take shot. Yeah. Um, and again, I, the, the story behind that is extraordinary because you know, if it wasn't a one-take shot, perhaps, perhaps it would never be yeah. made and we yeah. wouldn't be even talking about it. So congratulations, first of all, on, on Boiling you. Point. It's probably your first big hit, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean... It, it's it's very odd to say that when you know we started the company in 2019 and then our first feature was was co-producer of Boiling Point, yeah. which you know I mean you couldn't get any better than that really. But you know I'm I'm extremely grateful for 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 Barton Hester and and the wonderful Phil and the whole team for asking me to come. There's Phil Barantini, Phil who's Barantini, the, the, yeah, the, the writer and director. The wonderful Phil Barantini, yes, yeah. um, and chef, and chef, yeah, yeah, and uh, and a dear friend, which is. Um, which means which means a lot, yeah. I'm very very proud and privileged to be part of that, and it's yeah. um, it was a, it was a wonderful, and also an odd time. Like I was saying to you um, earlier on, you know, if we'd have been going into a a, a thirty day shoot, you know, we we would have been shut down because we shot it the week before the first lockdown in 2020. So 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 thank God um, that um, that James, the co writer, and, and Phil decided to do a, a one-shot feature and we, and we managed to we managed to get it and also the fact that Stephen was incredible and the whole cast and crew yeah, was yeah. incredible and, and well he had Ray Pantaki yeah yeah, yeah incredible incredible um you know we're so lucky yeah, she was fantastic. oh my god I mean I mean everyone um you know Malachi and and, mm. and, and Gary and and all of them they were they were uh they were just they were so Jason Fleming of course yeah. our dear friend Flem who's now a, a very dear friend of Bromantics and lives around the corner from me and we go for dog walks and, and coffees which <laughs> well, is one of the nicest men yeah. in film like <laughs> genuinely he's Jason Fleming has been in like he's one of those he's just been in like every film so mm. his credits are enormous on IMDb yeah. and, you think, oh, he's, and, he's, and he's one of those great sort of chat show guests because he's got stories about absolutely everyone <laughs> oh he's a, he's he's a, a real orator a <laughs> he's a real orator he's, yeah he know, is and he does it with you know uh, first time I met him it was it was not about him it was all about you mm. asking questions Brighton well, oh you've got kids what do I do all of and then you're like mm. you know this guy's done everything yeah. and I mean he has got you know he's worth talking to because he is I didn't know he's got some incredible stories his dad was a quite a fam- famous director yes he was yeah. indeed Doctor yeah. Who and the Daleks yeah like abso- absolutely yeah <laughs> he, he called me the other day and I answered the phone and he went he went bruv he went you always pick up the phone when I call and I wanted to say to him, it's because, you know, you mean so much, but it's just always when I'm free, basically. <laughs> you don't. I was going to say, you never pick up the phone when I call. Gee, I might change my name to Jason Fleming. <laughs> he, he's in The Most Violent Man for you. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Well, yes, right? yes so, a much more personal project for him, I understand. Yeah, yeah, because he... Um, so when we did Boiling Point, you know, we obviously became really good friends and, you know, there's this role of Frank in A Violent Man that, you know, we were all sitting as producers talking about. And we said... You know, Flem, Flem could nail this absolutely, and uh, and not only that, but we wanted him on board because he he spends so much time with um, with prisoners uh, and, and rehabilitation and things like that in uh, Brixton Prison. Um, I think he has his own keys to Brixton Prison mm. now, and um, and he puts so much time and effort back in to to help these help these men and women and kids um, that it. It means so, so much to him and bringing him on board. You know, he then, he, he, as we was talking to him about it, he wanted to bring in some information of what he felt like these scenes should be, which was absolutely wonderful for us. How long did I give you? Seven. Your only decision from now on is what type of prison you want to be. 
What is it with this kid? <laughs> Just reminds me of me. Bird's rough, innit? Makes you jumpy and shit. You got any? Ain't with nothing. The truth is, Frank, I'm a violent man. Tula, stock carving, prove your stones. I got iron in the lab. I would take a life like you, John McHugh. Please, man. Please, man, what? I think you've got some serious decisions to make. Survive how you can. So, uh, creatively, to a boiling point, it was low-budget British film, but it was set in the world of restaurants, and, mm. and you had the, the kind of whole world was there, you know, from the, you know, from, from the waitresses to the to the chef to the restaurant critic to the yeah. customer. You covered a whole world in there, and then Violet Man was a sort of different, different sort of you know society that you're covering. And here again on Gassed Up the set, which I haven't seen yet, obviously, but it sounds like. So what, what, what are the decisions that drive you as producers to, as to what it is that you're making? We've always wanted to make things that would, you know, hopefully uh, keep people interested or maybe teach and, and educate and entertain in certain ways. And after Boiling Point, you know, we went into the lockdown and we were having conversations with the other guys anyway that, you know, Ross McCall had this script that he'd written that he wanted to direct. And we read it and we loved it and we worked with him on that, developing that and getting the right people in. And we felt like that would be a good lockdown film for us to do. Um, obviously, Boiling Point was one shot and The Violent Man was one location. So, so we're staying within the, the realms of, of that slightly, but widening it um, just ever so much. And we felt, like we, could, we felt like we knew that we could do that when we were coming out of that lockdown. So we shot it September 2020 uh, and we shot it all as a set build. In uh, in Camberwell Studios, <laughs> you don't like to move too far, you mob. Yeah. Everything needs to be within a certain mile radius of where we live. Nowhere near bloody Brighton, but yeah, oh, you've got to move. More, so. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Get so me out. Get on me train out. fares recently coming up yeah. and down. Um, but yeah, so so that we felt like that would work well, uh, and it was and it was tricky because we were still in the the, the throngs of, of COVID then. But you know, it's. You know, having everyone in, coming in and, and, and testing and, and doing a COVID briefing and making sure everyone's OK. And we didn't have anyone drop out of that at all, which which was great. And we tried to keep it as safe as possible, one location, and making sure that there weren't too many people in the studio or in the set at one time. And that's difficult sometimes with people coming in and out. And, you know, it was everything was masked then. And, you yeah. know, it's slightly different now. I, I, think, I feel that now that... Was sort of near the end of COVID, although you tell me today one of your lorry, one of your truck drivers one has gone down. Car, yeah, one of the um, cast drivers has gone down. Right. So. so, you know, that's it's still a, it's still a problem. But, you, yeah. you know, you don't want to dwell too much on the period. It's so difficult. But presumably for the producers, that was... I don't know if there's been a more testing time for, for any producers in the history of, of making films of what you had to do when COVID. No, and I think, um, you know, like I was saying to you before, you, you try and predict what's going to go wrong before it goes wrong and then add that add a pandemic on the top of that. It's, it's very difficult <laughs> yeah, yeah. to negotiate. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, you know, at that time when we shot it in September, that the guys, you know, they, it, all of the protocols were there. I think now it's you know it's do you test? Do you not test? Mm. Do you wear masks inside? Do you and it's down to it's down to us to decide what the right yeah. course so of action take, is. They take lead from the producer. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're testing everyone here uh, when they arrive, uh, and we've got we've got masks for when it's a closed set, and it's really kind of um, we've got a, a scene today, and it's a, um, a close close set with intimacy coordinator, and we feel like in there, you know, there's only a few few people in there, but everyone has to wear masks and. Uh, and adhere to those guidelines on on certain occasions. I think. But, so yeah. that's that's really interesting. You got the, an intimacy co coordinator mm. today. For, mm. for that. Yeah, because you, you worked with those before. Uh, I haven't personally, yeah. but I think a couple of the other guys have, and um, we we felt like that was the right thing to do for these um, for these two young actors coming in to make sure that they feel safe. You know, George, the director, has said to the the actors, you know, this is the scene, but it's basically what you're happy with, which I think you have to be in in this day and age, because I think probably actors as we know, have, have, have gone through things before where they get told to do things and in the moment they feel like they have to do it. Yeah. But it's it's about making sure that they feel safe. And for us, not just in those scenes, we like to make sure that everyone feels safe and supported on, yeah. on set. And, and hopefully that hopefully that comes across. Have you, uh, when you, do you know what to expect from the interview? Have you, worked, you talked to them beforehand? Or? No, no, I haven't. But they've... Um, so the, the two guys, the two... Two actors have already had a Zoom conversation, mm-hmm. so they've talked through, and they're all very comfortable. And, and like Stefan said, it's it's you know it's it's what they're comfortable yeah. with. I, I understand it's it's quite choreographed, it's a bit like a dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the coordinator will be in with them today in the scene yeah. to make sure that everything um, you know uh, 
is is done according to how they've So you're excited you're shooting a scene tonight? Does that give you sort of like right? We've got a sign going to be around. Well, the yeah, monitor. we've, we've, we've got two. We've got two units today. Actually, we've got um, we've got a second unit going out and doing a few pickups as well. So, I mean, it, it's interesting because you know when <laughs> once they're out and once they're shooting. Oops, I mean, if they're on location. We'll always have one producer there, yeah. but sometimes we just get we're, we're bogged down in other things that we're like, oh god, we need, we need to get up. But like when we're on the seventh floor, we wouldn't always all be up there, mm-hmm. you know. And, and like like Stefan said, you know, these are small areas. There's yeah. a lot of people maneuvering around. They don't want all four producers bumping yeah, in. Yeah, and yeah. Out, but we like know? to make sure that there is one producer yeah. there just to just um, just to you know not not how can we say this make sure that uh, uh, that we are doing what we need to do but still allowing everyone to 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 show and give their talents and and, and to, to feel as free as possible yeah. I mean we've got an outstanding first AD Jamie Hedrington yeah, who yeah. did Boiling Point as well he is just you know he's brilliant you know and he keeps that he keeps it moving forward yeah. you know you have to and the thing is we are on a top like I said we're shooting on 30 days which potentially we could we could do over 40 mm. we could do another two weeks so there's a lot of pressure on jamie to keep this moving forward that's you what know. the ad does yeah the first ad and then and also um not drop the quality mm. you know that's that's you know because stefan's you know meticulous he's an incredible cinematographer so he wants everything that he can get in that moment what's the what's the sort of number here what's the sort of production crew here line producers so uh, so the in terms of a production team yeah. uh so so there's just four of us right yeah there is four of us yeah so, so there's no line producer so no so it's so it's bart hester myself and ward and um um and we do you know uh, as you'll know you know you you'll usually have a production coordinator and secretary and manager and assistants and stuff and we're basically just doing it all ourselves. Yeah. Am I going to get roped into something? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. What's, it, what's the rest got, of your we day got like? We've got 200 runners, but yeah. But you said you're producing now. Yeah, yeah. No, right. we'll get you a credit. Yeah, you'll learn, you'll learn. <laughs> Very quick. Well, my, the, the film I'm producing is actually about a restaurant as well. So, oh, yeah. Boiling Point's becoming quite a, uh, a reference point amazing, uh, amazing. For, for it. Actually, although mine's set in Paris, and it's more about mm. the waiters than, mm. than it is about the restaurant. So, Boiling Point has become, because it's, it's done quite well in France now, where it's called. Chef, yeah, it has, the yeah, yeah. No, the chef, the chef. Oh, it's the English chef. When we went to um, when we, we went to the Cannes Film Festival a few weeks ago, which I know you were at, mm. I remember talking to a talking to a, another producer in uh, in a coffee shop, and she said, um, you know, you know, what what have you done? And I said, oh, boiling point. And she went, oh, I don't know boiling point. And I said, oh, here it's called the chef. She went, oh my god, I love that film. And of course, you know, you forget. That you forget that it's a different title in other countries and she said no boy but at the moment I said the chef she went oh my god I loved it I loved it and she said you know congratulations because it's done so well here yeah yeah and the guy you know the, the guys have done an incredible job with boiling point because you know to, to create something on as a low budget and to have that sort of gravitas in terms of getting looked at for BAFTAs and to also create a commercial success mm. And to be critically acclaimed, it is you know it doesn't happen very often. Oh, I'm glad you know all. that it doesn't happen very often. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, and it was, and it's you know, and it was, it still is, but it was just a very weird time that all these you know I feel very privileged that all the right people were involved in that film and they all worked. I mean, everybody worked hard, every single person. But that doesn't always mean that it's going to be a success, no, as you as you true. as you know. And but it, is it different because it was a one-take movie? You kind of got... You know, you, you'll tonight be behind the monitor and you, you'll, yeah. George will say, do you think we've got that, maybe? Yeah. And you'll say, yeah, I think we've got that. I mean, you... <laughs> I, I, think, I think because it was... I think because it was one take, I think that probably had a lot to do with it in terms of gaining momentum. You know, when, when Phil, Phil originally did, which I wasn't involved with, but Phil and Bart did the, um, the Boiling, Point, Boiling Point short, and that was a 20-minute um, short film, and... You know, there was discussions about them coming in to do a feature and having the first twenty minutes um, of the feature being one shot, and then going into uh, you know, um, you know, cutting into usual scenes. But then there was a conversation they had very quickly. They went, "No, let's 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 do it as a one take feature." You know, I remember when Bart said to me, and I went, "Okay." <laughs> Okay, I'm sure I'm sure we can do this. But is, it, I, is it different for a producer if it's one take? Is it one? Um, yeah. I, 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 Yes, yes and no. I think, I mean, f- for me, it's always if it works for the film, you know, as long as it's not um, as long as it's not a cliche, as long as it's not used because it's a gimmick, 
but I feel like that just worked for that film yeah, because you know, you know, Stephen's coming in for the for the, for the service and and everything's happening at once and uh, and all of those experiences were based on you know Phil Barantini's experience as a, as a chef. So I, I felt I felt like for that and that package, it just worked really well. It's a fucking joke, isn't it? How do you wash your hands, love? I know. Sorry, what? In the sink. In the sink. Which All sink? Right. Andy. That's Which one. sink? Andy. No, hang on, Carly. No, 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 no. Carly, wait a minute. Look, she, this is she, Carly. She Carly, this is fucking basic GCSE yeah. fucking cooking school. And it's her first week, so it's my responsibility. It's not a first week in any fucking kitchen, though, is it? You've worked in kitchens before, haven't you? Yes. Yeah? Yes. That's why you're here. You've worked in kitchens before, yeah? Yes. Yes, what? Yes, chef. Yes, chef. So what's that sink for, kid? Food. For what? Food. What do you not do in that sink? Wash your hands. Wash your what? Hands. Wash your hands, yeah. Fucking gobshite here. Yeah? You using the wrong fucking sink. And you, soft ass, what are you playing at? Uh, what do you mean, sir? What do you mean? What do I mean? What the fuck are you doing? Uh, I'm not. I'm not supposed to be on this section, chef. Tony, how long have you worked here, lad? No, I've been here. You know, but it's Hobbs. It's Tony. Hobbs. Tony, how long have you worked here, son? Yeah. Yeah? He's saying you've got no fucking gloves on. Oh, Cross contamination oh. with the oysters. Got yeah, chef, put your fucking gloves on. Sorry. Put your gloves on, son. Now, listen, Tony, you book your fucking ideas up, lad, because there's a million kids out there who would die for this fucking opportunity yes, that sir. you've been given. Yes, sir. Yeah? Yes, sir. Show some fucking respect. Respect your fucking self. I tell you what, some people, because I, I, I reference it for my video, I said, oh, they like boiling point. I said, they said, I saw that. They said, it was very intense, very intense. Mm -hmm. I said, do you know why it was intense? They go, no. I said, it was all in one shot. And quite a lot of people go, was he? Yeah. Did you notice? Yeah. You know, people who aren't cynical, yeah. they don't yeah. notice, but they know something's going yeah. on. Yeah, I've had people who've watched it who had to go and watch it again because they didn't realise. And, and then they watch it and go, oh my God, now now it's so now it's so triggering because of everything that's going on. But they didn't realise on the first on the first. I, I think time. that's the success of the performance as well, that you forget that it is a one take. Mm -hmm. You know, our cinematographer Stefan C said, you know, when I first started watching it, I was looking for those, you know, the you know, the technical challenges and issues and he said after about 10 minutes I completely forgot about that which is a which is well, key was, to its success really. kind of, he, he, I know every, not everyone's key but he was fairly key I mean if he'd have fallen over mm. well no I mean <laughs> Stefan who's doing this just yeah. watching it but yeah Matt yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah. the operator on that yeah, yeah I mean Matt was in, Matt was incredible you know um, you know there wasn't one time you know so heavily choreographed that we spent a few weeks doing that we rehearsed it like a stage play right basically so that's what I mean as a producer <clears> is it different because one shot is it just like setting up at one massive night shoot yeah yeah you know is it as long as a feature because you how many days do you, do, you, do you use for that yeah so we had i think we had um we had a few weeks beforehand where we were rehearsing just with with phil and with uh, matt the dop and a few of us just kind of standing in at jones and sons um and, and andy andy jones the real andy jones as he introduces himself now um was fantastic he's the owner of the, is the owner of, of, jones, uh, of jones and sons yeah, yeah yeah and he was fantastic so we had certain times where we could get in there and do that and originally it was just matt you know walking around with his iphone and then and then week on week you know it got a little bit more kind of tech heavy and then we bought the we bought the the cast and the crew in and then i think we had Stephen, if memory serves me for the week before I don't even think it was a week we had Stephen. I think it was about four days, and then and then we just then, then we shot it, and we were we were going to shoot it. I mean, Phil's probably said this to you. We were going to shoot it twice each night over four nights. So within those eight, we were hoping to get it, but COVID was looming. We didn't know what was happening. We we ran it on the first night twice. Technically, it was brilliant, but you know the performances. We could tell that performances were just a little bit subdued. We came in the next night. We had some crew dropout because people were worried because they live with elderly parents so they didn't want to give their yeah. parents COVID and things so we, we crewed up and then we you know and we took Stephen and, and Phil to one side and said look we've, we, we've got to get it tonight we have to get it so we ran it the third and the fourth time and the one that we the one that we used was the third take yeah. that's it yeah. that's pure no, that's you it. didn't even drop in any of the no, other stuff nothing it was in there was a few bits of ADR that we punched yeah. in but but that was it the third take which and we, when we shot it we knew and we looked to Stephen and Stephen knew it was the third as well and we, yeah. he was like no, definitely that one what, I do know one for safety yeah you know, always it, whilst we're there yeah, yeah, whilst we're there with Covid looming we might as well get the fourth <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's we might as well get the fourth but, but we, we knew we knew I, I mean I knew and a few others knew that the third and there was a discussion about the fourth but once we'd seen it, yeah, yeah, you know, Phil and, and Bart and everyone just said, no, it's, it's the third, yeah. Brilliant. What, what were, when you were, you said you were acting and you were in Mojo, which is 
tremendous play anyway. Mm. But what, when you went out oh, producing, when you sat down and formed a production company, what did you say the founding ethos, the founding principles was it between the two think, of you? I think initially, we because we, we write a lot of stuff and we, we're developing stuff of our own, we wanted to have a company that housed that. So when people say, who, who does this belong to, we can say it's part of our sort of production. Um, and that was initially what, why we did it. Mm. And, then, and then, you know, I was at Fox, and then Fox got bought by Disney. So then the, okay, the opportunity of redundancy came along, which was, which was great, you know, um, and being able to take that. And then, you know, obviously we did Boiling Point, and then, and then suddenly I'm at home teaching maths to kids <laughs> um, very quickly. Uh, but, but I think that was... An, and we haven't, you know, we haven't really ever sat down and gone, this is what we're going to do. We're not like that. And I, I, think, I think sort of like Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, you always want to do, it's, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? You always want to do stuff that, you know, like we said, that, that hopefully interests and, and, you know, we have that ethos of, you know, trying to educate or, you know, um, entertain people. But at the same time, you know, as producers, you're also limited by what, you have and what's been brought to you and you know we're lucky that we do right as well and we, we felt like we've been lucky with that and when we started Bromantics you know as I say Ward was at Fox and I was a CEO of another company um, uh, uh, production company and we just we used to meet at the Blue Post mm-hmm. in Berwick Street mm-hmm. and remember one one day we went yeah should we start a company yeah I'm going to start should we do it? yeah well, let's yeah. just do it and we had another pint of Guinness and then we said well you know what's going to be our first client yeah. I don't know and we thought you know I wanted to get back so what my, did you say you want to make feature films you want to make your advertising well I, I think, I, think I wanted to get back to doing because I'd worked in TV and film and I'd worked on people just do nothing and I'd worked at um, Blueprint Pictures and things and you know some dramas for the BBC and then I got into doing commercials and I wanted to get out of that and back to what I love doing. But it's, I also know that you are limited by, as I say, what, what's, what's been brought to you. So we said, well, you know, we may do some commercials, we may do, we, we'll see what happens. And we were very lucky that, you know, that for one of those first conversations, you know, Bart said to me, let's go for a lunch and I'll have a chat with you. And he said, will you, will you do Boiling Point with us? And have you got investment in the company itself or do you put back what you make from Boiling Point for example into the company we've, we've, had, we've, had, we've had a little bit of investment but nothing nothing to sort of you know a couple of a couple of lunches at Soho House I think that's about that's it no venture capitalists no no and I don't you so know it's been, we've so been, it's been tough going from yeah. going from you know uh, on a salary as a pretty production company and, 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 and ward at, at Fox you know dropping out of that and going Okay, there's a limited window that we can do this for, and we need to get something under our belts to survive. Because you know, everyone needs to pay their bills and, and get on with things. And if you come out of something where you're earning something decent, you know, it's difficult. It's difficult as an independent producer. But um, you know, uh, we we did have we did have a, a little kind of investment, but nothing. You know, all very grateful. It wasn't life changing. It just allowed us it to allowed just set something yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. You know, and and, and you know, it's. <laughs> Production is all about the contacts as well, you know, and and I think we're two decent guys that you know have worked hard to get here. You know, we both come from working class backgrounds. You know, we you know, our mums were hairdressers. His oh, dad my dad's a, a hairdresser. Oh, oh there you go. Uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, Stefan's dad was a plumber. My dad was a printer. So you know, it's we're not in that world. So we've sort of you know, it's through the love of it, you know, and we've got to it a, a, a later. Yeah. A later vintage, I mm. suppose. Um, so, and it's you know we, I think we're, we're decent guys that you know people see that, and I think you know when you meet people, they want to work with you, yeah. and they see that sort of that those values, you know. Mm. And we've made some great contacts. You know, we're working with Universal Music on this film mm. that we sort of brokered yeah, yeah. a yeah. deal, a soundtrack, going on. Yeah, yeah, which is which is amazing. And we've um, one of the one of the actors um, is uh, on uh, on their label. So we've, you know, we're really proud that she's managed to yeah. get a part in this. So you discovered this actress, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. It's the first thing she's um, first thing she's done. So, you know, when when that was brought to us to, you know, have have this uh, talent on the soundtrack, um, you know, we looked and we went, oh god, she really looks like the role of Kelly. I think that yeah. I think she'd be, I think she'd be incredible. So, so you know, do so that, is that would you call that producer's instinct? No, you're working on one thing, you see something else, and that's where the producer was imprinted here. You know, you're not directing them. I think, I think if so. you can, if you can make it work, rather than being, you know, Plan B and Lil Manners, Lil Manners, sorry, Lil Manners, you know, that works. And you know, if you can, 
as long as you've not got loads of them dotted around, I think if you if they can act, you know, and it's it's not that easy, you know, they can perform in music videos, but it doesn't mean that they can act mm. and have that instinct. But she did a tape for us, and and uh, this is going to sound really terrible. It was the it was the morning after the Baftas. Yes, yeah, so, so so we were a little bit lazy, <laughs> and uh, and she. And this Remember tape being in a hotel room watching this audition tape. And this tape came in, and we were both like, "Jeez, that, that's good." I think we've that, seen the stuff. That's yeah, good. Yeah, and then, did. obviously, when when she came in and did the sort of the audition, you know, yeah, the, you tested, you know, it. And, and and I mean, she kept going and getting better and better, mm. and and I presume when you've got a first time actress, they kind of get better and better during the shoot. Yeah, she, you know, and she, they will, you know, I always think that, you know, actors going into any scene or any production, they'll always be learning. Like, we're always learning as well, but someone who's coming into it fresh, you know, you, you know, you can see that she's just naturally got it, but you can see that she's also, you know, she's, she's keeping an eye on everything and she's, and she's looking at things. And, and one of the actors came into us the other day, um, and he just and he just said, "God, oh, can I just say that you know you, you, you know it's you know I'm I'm seeing you guys and what you do on set as producers and you know I, I've done, I've never seen people do that before. You're running around, you're doing this and you're doing that." And he said, oh, "It's really nice." And I went, and for for me, I mean, I mean that's the that's the biggest that's the biggest compliment that's for, for someone yeah. to be seeing that. I mean, like, we we haven't got a choice, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> usually one day there is a bit where you're sitting by the swimming pool smoking the cigar and, and you know ordering yeah. a high concept. Fingers, uh, fingers, fingers crossed, there's going to be a holiday Tom, after Tom this jet, somewhere. Tom Cruise in a jet. Yeah. <laughs> Just let, me, just let me see the rushes yeah. in your bath. Yeah. Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, just working from my trailer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trailer trailer doesn't sound like trailer, trailer trash. Trailer 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 trailer. Uh, it, it doesn't sound like that's your way, you know no, what I mean? No. Um, we love being on, I love being on set, you know. Mm-hmm. I think eventually, you know, you, you, for us, it's, it's nice to be on set every day. I think there's going to be a time, hopefully, where... It's, we're probably not as intense as we are at the moment, but you know that's that's the joy of starting up a company and doing that. And um, you know, there's only the, you know, with Bromantics, so there's only the two of us. So. But you still partner up with other people. Yeah, absolutely. We're doing stuff on our own. You know, we love working with Barton Hester. It's incredible. You know, we we complement each other yeah. and and that we're great friends and I love them dearly. Um, uh, you know, and and we will do stuff on our own, and they'll do stuff on their own, and that's what it's about. And then we come back together on. And you make the agreements projects. early on. You sort of say, "What is fifty-fifty? Or yeah, we yeah we have a yeah we have a we have a chat with them early on, and we and we sort that out. And you know, this person's doing this role, and this person's doing that role. And it, you know, I'm not just saying it, it just works. Mm-hmm. It's it's really really easy, and it's um it's those you know, those decisions. And, it, are and if 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 one of the roles or one of the jobs that one of them is doing isn't 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 working out or they're struggling we all muck in and get it fixed like last monday last monday we we the first week of shooting was up on the seventh floor so all the kits on the seventh floor last monday it was the first day out on location and the lift broke here so it's just seriously the lift broke so there was always a challenge we always thought if that lift goes we're we're buggered mm. And that lift went on that Monday. So we all gear had down to get all floors. the gear down. So you can imagine all the, the camera crews are like effing oh, and jeffing and, and, you know. Shape, to be <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, we weren't before we started. <laughs> but that, and then that knocks us back an hour or an hour and a half. And everybody's all for, you know. Yeah, lights going. Yeah, yeah and it's, well, you know. It's one of the longest days of the year. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. But we can't be just sitting in the office, you know, doing stuff. You know, we're, we're mucking and we're, and we're helping these guys. Yeah, but that's exciting, obviously, yeah, right? Yeah, that's exactly. kind of what exactly. we're doing. Exactly. What were the films that... Um, inspired you to do this i mean my list of my list of films uh, my favorite films i mean uh, it's so long i mean my my favorite film of all time is probably north by northwest Alfred mm. hitchcock which i which i adore and that would be my number one yeah yeah that's a brilliant film oh it's fantastic yeah swooping oh, swooping fantastic series. introduced to me by my dad one day i remember as a kid and he went you must watch this film and i think things like that where my dad had no uh, background in film yeah but because he introduced me to certain films as a kid, I'm, I'm almost certain that's the reason why I do what I do. Yeah, because uh, I just yeah. I was hypnotized by it. Loved if he it. loves it, then it must be yeah, cool. exactly. I remember Dad told me to watch the Parallax a few months, right, yeah. which I'd never heard of, and it was like a you know, conspiracy thriller. And I just thought, this is really yeah, cool. Yeah, my dad's a bit cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. This is good because yeah. it is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the, the the movies that I sort of love a movie that doesn't really do much, you know, but 
tells a tells a hell of a story. Like Lost in Translation is one of my favourite films mm-hmm. of all time. I just think it's just it's just beautiful. It's um, and also Sideways. I think Sideways is just oh, that's it's just and and you know as a for a scriptwriter, it's got a little plangent bittersweet yeah. edges there. Ward. Yeah, and for mm. a scriptwriter, that it's Sideways is just it's it's perfection. I think Ooh. it's absolute perfection. And you know we love that sort of we love writing about sort of life and drama and comedy mm. at the same time you know and, and hopefully we'll get we'll get something off the ground soon quite but... quite a bromance uh, sideways <laughs> yeah yes yeah, exactly. the bromance. yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah so maybe we can expect a little well, little bromantic british comedy Don't yeah well we've got um we've got we've got a couple of bits that we're that we're developing and we're writing um one of them is um, one of them we've just um, attached uh, Peter Hoare, who's the director of It's a Sin. Mm. We've attached I love him. It's a sin. Yeah, it's fantastic, it's isn't it? Um, Peter's amazing. Russell's amazing. I've known Russell for many years, and he's a wonderful man. We've got this uh, a project called The Mooley, um, which is also produced by a dear friend of mine, Jack, who bought us the project. So we've got that. Um, and then we've got another one called Dads, which we've mm. which we've written, which so is which is about stay-at-home dads, right. particularly you know what he went yeah. through in the, in the lockdown. It's right. not about lockdown, but it's just his experience. You, you can you can appreciate that. Yeah, it, it's yeah. I mean, it's uh, you get, everybody's going to say it's sort of the, the, the bed uh, with motherland as well, but it's not it's not exactly it's not exactly that. But it's it's the one take on men that hasn't been seen really well, in terms of just <laughs> just dads so these these four dads you know they've all they've all you know one's been made redundant one's uh one's uh, lost his wife another one's just taking shared parental leave um a, a gay couple that have just adopted a son and they all come together at this this school and and essentially they only look after the kids between nine and three and they're still at school so it's sort of joke on that but they all meet at yeah yeah it's a yeah but it's they all meet at this sort of dad's coffee afternoon and they just really come together and it's about mental health about how they deal you know and it's essentially about yeah it's i mean it's essentially about it's essentially about them you know them dealing with the change changing roles and you know the the role of a a man as much as the role of a woman justifiably so has changed Mm. and and a man now is is at home a lot more you know in brighton you know there's probably more dads picking up the kids than than, i think absolutely but essentially then you 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 know i i struggled with the sort of this is my role now. Is this is this what I'm doing? You know, I'm used to just going to work, and essentially going to work, and you know, saying, Can, "Do you want to have a pint after work?" Yeah, I don't need to think about it. But now, when I come into London, I sort of meet. I, I know that I've got to get back. Yeah. Whereas the mother has always had that. If a working mother have always thought that that the, that the kids are the most important thing and the, and the dads the dads don't and and you know well, everyone's going to re- everyone's gonna relate you know yeah and i think uh, you know and i think it's you know it's 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 comedic but it's also you know there's there's it's a mess every comedy that we're writing and developing we have to have it's it's important for us to have a, a have a have a heart to those scripts I'm a bit full up sometimes well. when you kind of, well we've got boiling point oh, don't fight the man and we're doing gassed up because people might just kind of bring you stuff mm. you know they're romantic they're successful things, things yeah. at different levels though you know I wrote dads started writing dads a few years ago now and then you go back to it and right. then you come back and I think uh, there's always things at different le- I think the the hardest thing would be if we had nothing. Mm. You know, mm. we've got a number of different film projects that people want us to yeah. work with. How, them on. how do you know when you go? I like it, but it's it's not for us. Or yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult. Someone said the other day about sending in a script. Um, you know, and we, we, I think we've probably got about thirty scripts we need to read at the mm. moment from other. You know, and we've got a wonderful agent at the moment, um, Johnny at United, and he, you know, he's he's come on board to rep us and rep me, and and you know, he's looking after our our scripts that we're sending out, which is which is fantastic. So. You know, in terms of people sending us stuff, you know, I'll, I'll always try and look at something. Absolutely, um, and we'll always try and look at something that you know that that catches our attention. But it's it's also very difficult when you know, it, as a production company, also you know, to it's it's important for us to be able to write our own stuff because we want to do that. We want to make our own stuff, which is, you know, it's stuff that we're really interested in. Um, and uh, and you know, and I know that that you know that's that will happen. Um, but at the same time, when people do send us stuff, it's it's equally important to find something from other people that you know we can hopefully 
um, give their give their uh, a script or their voice um, some some room on the stage. Look, guys, you are shooting it on, on mm. set, so you know you're and your producer, so you've got emails firing coming <laughs> yeah. around everywhere. I am going to let you go uh, and get Pleasure. on with, get on with the job. At, the job at hand. It's yeah, been fantastic. Thank you, and thanks for coming it. down, and thanks for giving us uh, you know thanks for giving us your time on this. Stefan DeBart and Ward Trailman there really enjoyed hanging out with them, as you could probably tell from that interview. They took me on a tour of the set they'd made, and I, and I could feel their enthusiasm and passion for the job in hand just before that shoot was starting. What did I learn from meeting them? Well, keep coming up with ideas. I like that. Just do it. That seemed to be their ethos. Empower others. Find your own path and make your own mistakes and find it as you're going along. I love all that. And I did like their chemistry together, the way they worked with and off each other. And as I'm starting out, I'm doing this on my own at the moment. And I'm seeing that that power of a partner and a collaboration looks very enticing. A way to share the burden and the roles. I like the bromantics. I like their energy and confidence and the sound of what they've got coming up. So I'll definitely be keeping an eye on them, of course. Who knows? Might even work with them again one of these days. And that's where the Production Guild of Great Britain can help. It's the UK's leading membership organisation for those working in film and TV drama production. It represents professionals working in a range of fields, including production, assistant directing, accounts, location management, VFX and post-production. It provides members with industry advice, training, networking and seminars, and now, of course, a brilliant podcast. And its availability service provides information on members' availability for work to heads of departments seeking crew for UK and international film and TV productions. To find out more, go to www.productionguild.com, which is, of course, where you can also find this podcast. And do subscribe on all your podcast platforms so you never miss an episode. Do join me for the next episode of Meet the Producer when I'll be talking to two other new producers, Ronnie Ancona and Sally Phillips, two leading lights of the British comedy scene who are now venturing into becoming leading producers. We'll find out more next time.